in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love and let's just jump straight into it. So welcome to another week of the podcast. Um, I am currently recording yet another live video, this time though not on the Instagram live. I'm doing this with my 5 in 10 group closed Facebook group, which is um, the alumni. And so basically everyone who joins the 5 in 10 group uh, program that I run, if you graduate from that program, so just like school and just like university and things like that, there's certain things that you must do. And this is a new rule. Anyone who um, has joined the program prior to this just got automatic um, acceptance into this group. But now there's going to be um, kind of like an admittance, uh, admin, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um you need to be admitted to that, that's what I'm trying to say, um, by graduating from the program. And there's a number of kind of different rules and regulations that you must uh, adhere to. And as long as you do that, um, then you will be admitted uh, to the alumni group. And then there's a lot of stuff that we do in there. It's a continuing kind of community in there that we're growing. People post recipes, people share workouts, people share their progress, their ups, their downs. And it's a great community to continue the community that you get when you are part of the program. Because a lot of people were telling me um, that one of the best things they found from the program was the uh, WhatsApp group chat that I started um, for that group. And people can share their stories, people going along the same journeys and kind of that community feeling that you get that everyone's on the same journey as you are and are sharing the ups and downs. People said that that was one of the best things of the um, program that I ran. And so I've started this alumni group that if you want that to continue, it's a free group as part of your I guess admission into the program itself, that if you do all the work, you get access to that and you can have that for life. And so that's what I'm doing now today. So I've got a couple of the girls here watching me film this live. Um, and today's podcast is all about how to shift from a deficit into a maintenance phase. It's something I ask quite a lot and I've been meaning to do a podcast on it. And I kind of want to just get my head around the best way to kind of, I guess, uh, tell you how to kind of do that and kind of give you the best way to move um, out of a dieting kind of mentality and into kind of now just maintaining. Um, I always, or you always hear me say that that this is meant to be a lifestyle and it's a, it's a cheesy cliche type saying that, you know, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. But at the end of the day, you know, words are just words. And, you know, I think people kind of attach negative connotations to words. I got nothing wrong with people saying that this is a diet that I'm on. Diet is just another word and diet is just what makes up your daily nutrition. Um, you know, because of social media and people saying diet is a bad thing, you know, it's, oh, you're not on a diet. No, diets are bad. I completely disagree with that point. Um, and, but that's kind of getting off topic, but it does kind of lead into kind of the conversation in that, if you are on a in quote diet um, and that diet has you in a calorie deficit and you're trying to lose weight, well, what do you do when then you get to your kind of perceived goal weight? Um, and let's just talk about that point um, for a moment in that 
your goal right now, you might be a 22-year-old single female, you have no kids, you have no real responsibilities, and your goal at the moment is to look as amazing as you possibly can in a bikini because you like traveling and you like going out and socializing friends, and that is your goal in life, to just look as good as you can in bikini. I can almost guarantee that that goal is going to be very different to the 42-year-old version of you who might have a couple of kids, a family, and your want and kind of care to look um, as good as you can in a bikini and kind of to, I guess, impress um, your friends um, and looking at your best kind of thing and trying to, um, you know, look good for the opposite sex or the same sex and trying to, you know, you know, have as much fun as you can in your kind of 20s or teens, those kind of wants and needs are going to probably be very different. So when we talk about your goal weight, I kind of get away from kind of goal weight and have, what's your goal? If if your goal is to be at a certain weight, then fine. That might change again and differ kind of throughout your life. But what are your other goals? If your goal purely is just a number on the scale, I'm going to push you and say that your goals are skewed and we should get away from just worrying about an end result and having that number as your kind of, well, once I reach that, then I'll be happy, then I'll have succeeded, then I'll have reached my goal. We should be more focused around process-orientated goals rather than kind of destination-orientated goals. And what I mean by that is that you should be having goals that kind of build in to your day, healthy habits that will kind of see you reach that goal that you kind of have in your mind anyway. And so while your goal might be to exercise five times a week, it might be to eat a big salad every day, it might be to count your calories, it might be to go to the gym, it might be to walk your dog, it might be to get your knees up, you know, to be walking more and things like that. Those processes will ultimately lead you to see your success in reaching your kind of scale weight, but I don't want that scale weight or kind of some destination point to be the end goal because at the end of the day, your goals will move throughout life and what you want now is going to be different to what you want later in life. But at the end of the day, until you take your last breath on this planet, you always are doing something and you should always be focusing to do something. And whether, as I said, that is fitness related or mental health related or what I'm doing this year is some of my goals are just learning new skills. You know, I want to be able to hold my breath for three minutes. I want to play the guitar. Guitar. Now, those kind of things are not something that I wanted or even had in my mind 15 years ago. Like when I was traveling around Europe and I had a gap year, my only concern was where was a local pub and how many girls can I pick up tonight? Like, that was my concern. And these days, being a married man, I don't drink anymore and I could care less about girls uh, in the world because I have my wife and I have my girls in my family. So again, things shift, things are different throughout life. And so understand that your goals are gonna you know, be different throughout life and that your processes that you should be aiming to do should match what those kind of um, goals are at life. And that might mean that your health, be that a physical health, might take a back step for a part of your life um, because you're focusing on other things. And again, that's completely fine as well. But if we are to answer this question and give some sort of practical advice rather than me kind of just going, don't have goals, be process oriented and kind of be a bit whiff waffly about it. Let's kind of talk specifically that if you have a goal weight, this is what your goal weight is. When you reach that or when you reach a leanness that you're happy with, a body shape that you're happy with, a fitness level that you're happy with, how do you then pull back so you're not 
I guess in quote, trying so hard to reach that and you can pull back and kind of just breathe for a bit and being more of a maintenance phase. So let's get really practical about that and kind of give some advice that you can then take away that makes this podcast and while you're listening to it actually a value and you can walk away with it. Oh, I learned something today. So for most, as I said, I use the Catch McArdle um, method um, in regards to if you came on as a client with me or if you just asked me, Adam, how do I work out what calories are? I would always suggest using the Catch McArdle method, but I'm just kind of steering away from kind of suggesting that. Now, obviously people love numbers. They like saying, no, give me a number. I need to focus on a certain number that I need to hit every single day. Um, but moving into a maintenance phase, you get completely away with that. Now, for most people, they're likely to have been in a you know some sort of deficit phase for quite some period of time. Now, whether you have to lose five, or whether you're looking to lose five kilos, ten kilos, fifty kilos, a hundred kilos, you're going to be for some period of time in a deficit. Now, whether you move in and out of deficits, whether you know you have a really intense period that you're trying to really push to lose weight, and then there's periods of time where you're then relaxing on that. But let's just say you're looking to lose 20 kilos. If you're coming to me as a client, we're gonna look to try and lose that at a rate of about 0.3 to 0.5 of a kilo. So let's just work on the higher end of the scale, half a kilo a week. You're probably gonna be in a deficit looking to lose that weight for at least 40 to 50 weeks. So let's just kind of round it out and say it's a year. To lose 20 kilos, you're gonna be probably in a deficit phase for at least a year. Um, And at that point, let's just say we've had a perfect run of it and you've seen that weight come off over that year, you'll be most likely been tracking along that way, tracking your weight, tracking your food, tracking your exercise. You'll have a very good understanding of what your kind of daily average of your intake is based on the level of activity you're doing. And as your body changes, obviously your needs are gonna change, but let's just again, keep for uh, argument's sake, keep this real simple that you've kept on the exact same calories throughout that entire journey. Again, if you're a client of mine, that'll shift. You'll talk to me about different things that are coming up, whether it's your birthday, you're going on holidays, whether you wanna just take some time off and we'll be altering that all along the way. But again, for this kind of medium to kind of make it as easy as possible to understand, let's just say you've stuck to those calories the exact same Um, for the entire journey for that entire year. You've lost that 20 kilos. You've been averaging 1,650 calories for the entire time every single day. You know what your level of exercise is. You're now currently, you know, and hopefully over that time, you've probably lifted um, your amount of exercise up. Let's just now say you're doing a couple of um, gym sessions a week. You're now walking more, you're walking the dog, you're doing a Zumba class, you're doing a Pilates class, whatever that kind of combination all is. Again, you've got a very good understanding of kind of where your baseline is that allowing you to kind of see those results come out. Now, you've just hit that goal. Everything's amazing. What a lot of people then tend to do is they go back to their old habits that they were doing before and they see that rebound. And you know, you see that time and time again, whether it's you're watching The Biggest Loser, all those kinds of shows, or if you talk to you know anyone who's gone on some sort of weight loss journey, you know, the numbers are very clear that, what is it, 92%? Yeah, 92% of people who go on a weight loss journey, five years from now are either the same weight or more. So that's a big number of people who have lost weight but then regained weight um, to either to the same level or beyond. And so what you have to understand that, as I said before, until you take your last breath, 
This journey is never over. So there's never a goal point. You may have reached the leanness that you're after or the fitness that you're after or the shape that you're after or the weight that you're after, but that doesn't mean that this journey ends. So what now? So let's get the crux of this particular podcast today. So what I then suggest, instead of kind of recalculating your numbers to where they should be, is that you will be pretty good at tracking your numbers and your food and all those kinds of things. So let's continue that process, but let's now make it so that your weight stops coming off and that you now find a maintenance level. And so what I'll normally suggest to a client is that we're gonna add in an extra 100 calories per day. So that person who was just on, as we're saying, who was looking to lose 20 kilos, are on 1650 calories every single day as an average, And so now I'll say to them, go to 1750 calories per day. Let's keep tracking. We're gonna do that for the next three to four weeks. Let's see what happens to your results. Do your results keep coming off, but they've just slowed down. Like you might've been losing half a kilo a week. Now they've gone to 200 grams per week. Well, clearly we're still in a deficit for the amount that you're uh, moving and for your particular um, body shape at this particular time. Now. That's a big thing that you've got to try and keep constant as well, is that if we're going to shift up your amount of calories, we need to try and make sure if we're going to get a you know an accurate result of, is this now putting you into more of a maintenance phase, you're still in a deficit, everything else to try and has everything else you do has to try and stay in a very consistent kind of thing. Because if you all of a sudden add more calories, but then stop exercising completely, obviously that's going to completely change the parameters of which we're kind of working to. So as best as you can, stay nice and consistent with everything else, the only thing we're gonna change is the amount of calories. And I would usually say add an extra 100 calories in and we do that for three weeks, maybe four weeks, but three to four weeks, see how we go. For most people who have been in a deficit phase for about that kind of period of time, 100 calories usually doesn't bring them out of a deficit and they will still continue to lose weight. But a big, big difference from that is that you're getting extra 700 calories for the week And that extra 700 calories will give you a lot more energy. You'll feel like you're coming out of kind of that foggy phase that can be being uh, in a deficit all the time and being in that diet. And it might not sound like a lot, but an extra 700 calories a week is quite significant, um, especially if you've been in quite a restrictive mode for quite some time. Um, So you'll feel like, oh, this is great, Adam. I've got all this extra food. I'm feeling better in um, in my exercise programs, I've got more energy, I feel more on top of things, I'm sleeping better, all these kind of you know, additional benefits. Great, but you're still losing weight. So let's try and push that up. So let's go another 100 calories, another three to four weeks, keep moving forward from there uh, and see again in three to four weeks time, how's your kind of weight tracking from there. Now, for most people at this point, again, I'm talking mostly females because um, that's what mainly most of my demographic and clients are an extra 200 to 300 calories is usually gonna be around that sweet spot of where most females who have been in an extended period of time in a deficit will find their maintenance calories. So that's gonna be, what are we talking about? A, a, a seven to 10 week process of kind of adding an extra 100 calories a day for three to four weeks find where um, your kind of progress goes from there. And if you've been very honest with that, you've stuck to those numbers and continued the same process over that three to four weeks and you're still losing weight, add an extra 100 calories, do the exact same process for another three to four weeks and see how you go. As I said, for most people around that two to 300 calories extra on top of their deficit is usually where they'll start to find their maintenance in their newly reduced body weight. 
Now, if you'd gone back in time and kind of where they'd started, 300 calories off their maintenance numbers probably wouldn't see them in a fat loss phase, but now you're a 20 kilogram lighter person, so your requirements are gonna be less. We, and this is a normal thing. This isn't like, oh my God, you've destroyed your metabolism, as so many people who sit there and say, oh, losing a ton of weight really fast is just destroying your metabolism. That's just incorrect. There is a natural um, decrease in your metabolism that comes, or metabolism kind of interchange with saying your kind of daily need for calories. There's going to be a natural decrease the more that you lose. Now, obviously, we can try and mitigate that as best as we can by including strength training, making sure that we're trying to add some lean muscle mass over that journey. And again, this comes to where I talk to my personal coaching clients in that we will go through phases where we'll go back to the maintenance kind of an idea of where maintenance calories are and go into a more of a really heavy building phase um, in the gym to try and lay down some uh, lean muscle mass over that kind of time and then come back in a deficit and they'll kind of fluctuate through those. But again, for argument's sake, to keep it nice and simple, you hopefully will have been doing some strength training over that entire year journey that you've lost all that weight. So hopefully we haven't seen the kind of regular decrease in calories that you would be if you just lost weight and did no training whatsoever. And so hopefully we're not making your requirements so much less that when you then come back to maintenance, you still feel like you're in a kind of deficit and kind of in quote deprived state of oh i don't get to eat much anymore and so hopefully we've been able to kind of maintain that along that journey and so that point or that point where you then start to see not a whole lot move on the scale you're still training you've now got an extra 300 or so calories in and each and every day so you know that person who was having 1650 is now having 1950 calories every single day that's gonna sound like a substantial lot. And someone just posted me um, a DM the other day and said, Adam, is this true? And it was a post that kind of had highlighted, um, I think it's Equalation or Equalator or something there, one of the page, and they're a, big, they're a big Instagram page, posting about here's our weight loss kind of um, you know, idea of what someone on our one of our programs was losing. And it was a kind of detailed um, you know, meal prep, or sorry, meal kind of for the day and had all breakfasts and snacks and lunches and things like, came out as 2,000 calories. And this person was asking, Adam, this is 2,000 calories. Is this right? Can someone be in a deficit at 2,000 calories? Now, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's marketing 101. Of course, they're going to put the upper end scale of someone who could be losing weight on 2,000 calories. That's a very active or very overweight male that's probably around that kind of number for a deficit. Now, coming back to maintenance, that's probably about right for a, you know, a number of people, but I haven't personally ever written a program that's got 2,000 calories for a female that has them in a deficit at that number. That's gonna be highly unlikely to be kind of around there. But as I said, for maintenance, a lot of people are gonna be around that kind of 1750 to 2200 phase, somewhere in there, and we're talking all males and females um, by this point. And so progressing into that phase, you're gonna feel like you're getting a lot more food every single day. Like if I was able to give you an extra 300 calories right now, it's a lot of extra food, um, and you're gonna feel a lot more energetic, your sleep's gonna be a hell of a lot better, you're gonna train a lot better, and that's a lot of the benefits coming into um, maintenance as well, is that 
you're going to have all this extra energy. And anyone who's been in a sustained calorie deficit for a, you know, a long period of time and talk to anyone who goes into a comp prep, and that's why I hate you know physique competitions and things like that. You know, Everyone aspires to that leanness and things like that. But ask them on competition day, they are miserable. You know, they're not sleeping well. They've never been so weak in their life. They're, you know, they might be 4% body fat and look shredded, but they don't live in that state for their entire life. And look, most competitive um, physique, um, you know, people, they come out of that in a big way. And, you know, a lot of them will gain a lot of fat very quickly after that um, because it's not a lifestyle you can maintain. You know, for men to maintain a body percent fat under 10% all year round, you're living a very restricted life. I don't care who you're talking to. You say, oh, no, you know, I live at 8% my entire life. It's great. You know, everything's great. They're not sleeping well. They probably don't have much sex drive. Um, you know, they're probably going to be grumpy and irritable a lot of the time. They don't get to eat what they like. Their social life's, um, you know, out the door because, of course, they can't go out and, um, you know, eat whatever they like and drink and enjoy time and socialize with friends and things like that. But there is a level of health and body percent fat and you know, physique that you can, that, you know, most of the world will sit there and say, you look amazing, you look so fit and healthy and well, that can see you in a healthy weight range and calorie range that will allow you to then enjoy all those things in life. And that's that's kind of getting to that sweet spot and finding that, that you can enjoy, really enjoy the foods that you love and not have to sacrifice all the time and feel like you're always constantly on an in quite again diet. And so, Getting to that sweet spot, it's going to take some time. And I always use the analogy of kind of saving for or having just bought a house. That if you are looking, if you're just starting out, you're 20 years old, you just left school or uni or whatever it might be, and now your goal in life is to own a house, you've got no money to your name, to get a deposit, you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of things in life to start building up some funds into that bank account to allow you to then have that deposit for the house. Now, are you going to have to sacrifice and scrimp and scrave like that for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. When you get $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 in the bank, then you can be a bit more lenient that, oh, you know, for the last year or two where I've been saving all of this money and not going out with friends, I haven't had any holidays, I've, you know, stopped eating out, um, I don't get Uber Eats anymore, you know, I cook at home, I don't take my, um, I don't buy lunch at work anymore, all those different things, you know, I've, I've quit my Netflix and all those different things you were scrimping and saving to get every single cent you could together. Some of those things you can start being a bit more leaning on because you have some money in the bank, you've put the time in, you've made the sacrifices. This is exactly the same when it comes to a fat loss journey in that if you are currently sitting here listening to this podcast and you are 15 kilos overweight, 20 kilos overweight, 100 kilos overweight, you've had a time where you've been quite gluttonous, you haven't sacrificed, you haven't been putting in the work, and let's be honest, you haven't deserved or kind of worked for the ability to kind of have this maintenance phase that I now talk about. You now need to go the exact opposite. You need to start sacrificing. You need to start putting in the work. And if you want to actually be able to get to this phase, that's where you have to then start putting in that work. And once you have, and you've put in some work, you then deserve the right to be able to then kind of take the foot off and bring yourself more into that kind of maintenance phase and enjoy the fruits of your labor. Until you get to that point though, you can't sit there and say, but it's not fair, you know, Susie gets to do this. Yeah, well, maybe Susie's put in that work over the last one, two, three years. She deserves to kind of now be able to take her foot off. So stop 
kind of comparing, I see this all too often as well, is people compare their day one or their page one of someone else's chapter nine. You know, so you might see that kind of Instagram influencer or your friend or a family member or something that you know is getting to eat what she likes. She goes out and socializes and she has a body that you think that is quite a, you know, something you'd like to aspire to. But you're on your day one. There will come a day where someone will be thinking the exact same thing about you because you are now in a place where you are much more relaxed about it. You get to enjoy the food. You get to go out and socialize and all those different things that you once thought that, oh, that would be so nice to be able to get to. It's not fair that that person is there. Put in the work and get to a place where you deserve to be able to do that. This shouldn't get to be handed to you. Why should it? This thing is, as I said, a lifetime journey and you're going to go through different phases. And so if you want to get to that place, start putting in the work and stop uh, crying about it that everyone else gets to live this. They don't. Again, we all um, kind of show our best life and, you know, posting on social media, people doing all of their great things. People don't live their life like this. These are kind of spark moments, but it makes it look like it's happening all the time. So understand that your chapter one or page one is completely different to someone else's chapter nine. And so stop worrying about others and just play your journey. And your journey will get you to a place where you get to enjoy these fruits of your labor over time. But you got to earn that right. And so I guess that kind of I guess wraps us up today and kind of answers the question, as I said, how do I progress into maintenance calories? There's two of you girls in here now. I just want to get some feedback straight away. Have I answered that? Um, And I know Liv, you've only just arrived, so welcome Liv, who was the actual person who asked this question, but um, I hope I've answered that um, as best as I can. Um, Marsha, what have you got? Love the idea of increasing calories slowly because it could be challenging if you increase by 300 days straight up. Absolutely. that's that's exactly one of those main points why I do it slowly. Uh, Marsha, I'm glad you brought that up. And um, to everyone listening on the podcast, one of the live people listening in um, has just uh, asked that. I think, again, people rebound far too quickly. They think, great, I've reached my goal. Now I can add all this extra food. And you start kind of, and by doing that, and you can, you can certainly do it that way. But I've certainly found that with clients in the past who have done it that way, it kind of, allows those bad habits to come in um, to your life again. And if we do it much more slowly, you can't then all of a sudden just start you know, doing everything you want and eating whatever you like. And that's never gonna get to a point that you can kind of do that. You have to kind of always be on your game. And as I said, you don't have to be doing it every single day of your life. But when you get to a place where you've put in the time, you put in the energy, put in the effort, and you get to this kind of more maintenance phase, is a much more relaxing place and you can enjoy life. And you know, over the Christmas period and kind of this period where I've been um, at home with my girls and obviously our new baby, I've been much more relaxed. Now, I've put on some weight. I'm certainly nowhere near as fit um, as I have been, but I've had 15 to 20 years worth. Hang on, what am I now? 37, I started probably training when I was 10. So you know, I've had 25 years worth of being active, fit, paying attention to the food I eat, the exercise I do and being, um, you know, I've put some money in the bank to kind of, you know, use that analogy we were doing before. So I got a bit more to draw upon. And while I put some weight and, you know, I've certainly not as fit as I was, I've started running again. It feel, I mean, I'm slower than I certainly was, but, you know, compared to someone who's never exercised in their life or never really paid attention to food in their life and they're now 47 years of age and 50 kilos overweight, that person is a very different person to someone who has exercised their entire life and has decided to take some time off. So again, 
understand that it's you and your journey and kind of just play play out these next couple of weeks, these next couple of months, these next couple of years, however you wish to. Um, but understand, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to put up the energy. And once you've done that, you can absolutely start taking your foot off the accelerator and kind of start enjoying this journey a little bit more and being a bit more lax about it. So again, that's been another episode of the podcast today, guys. I really hope it's been of benefit to and the girls listening in on this live and who will watch it obviously post live. Um, if you've got any questions or any queries, feel free to hit me up in those comment sections there. Um, there on the podcast to you guys. If you've ever got questions, you know you can always chat to me, send me a DM over on my Instagram page or send me an email. All of those details are in the show notes down below. As I always say, if you can share this, screenshot it out onto your um, page, that'd be great. Make sure you tag me in it so I know that you're listening. Let me know if it was of help to you on that page and share this because um, someone else might um, find some value from it as well. And because you've shared it, they'll then come to it and they'll um, have a listen and hopefully it'll help them out as well. But Guys, girls, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again. It's going to be another big year. This week, I've got a couple of guests um, on. I've got the one and only Alan Aragon, which I'll be talking to on my time Thursday. Um, I've got another guest on Monday, which, what are we today? Saturday. Um, so when this podcast goes live, this will be um, Monday's podcast, as you're listening to it on the 13th, I think it is, um, of January. I've got a guest that afternoon, and um, she's someone I've known through faith, uh, through Instagram. Um, she's an actor. Um, she's an incredible human being, um, and she she's coming on the show to talk about something pretty personal. Um, I'm not going to give that away um, at the moment because I want her to be able to talk about it. But um, it's kind of how to deal with, um, I guess, the world out there and social media and being a female um, in this world. And so I think it's going to be a great chat. She's great banter. I think we're going to talk about some fun stuff and um, but some serious stuff as well. And I really hope people uh, jump into that podcast, um, which will be out probably the following week. I'm not too sure which will go up first, either the Alan podcast or um, her podcast. But anyway, I've got a couple of guests coming on next week and a couple more lined up in the very near future as well. So some big things happening on the podcast, guys. I really hope you um, either subscribe and stay on um, in touch with us and make sure you keep listening. But again, that's been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I hope you all have a fantastic day. I'll talk to you again soon. Ciao.